Thanks to everyone who supported the show this week via Patreon, including Mick Cowans, Ian Mercer, Alistair Harding, Ian Wilkinson, Matt Lacey, Illico Elia, Roland Roberts, and Jamie Holland. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so from $1 per episode. Go to 361podcast.com forward slash support. Okay, hello. Let's do some clapping. Ready? <laughs> Ten years of this is not worth it. Actually. I just only realised that you've, you've actually got my background. It looks like you're in Muscat with, with a lot of uh, Amazon boxes behind you. Since about 15 minutes ago, yes. <laughs> so it's, it's no different from my background, is it? <laughs> my background is just European Amazon boxes. Oh, dear. I was just trying to think, like, a decade of committing to something. I'm not sure I've done that very often in my life. And what a shame you decided to waste it on this. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to 361, a podcast about mobile tech and the world around it. My name is Ewan McLeod. I'm Rafe Blanford. And I'm Ben Smith. This is season 20, episode 5, and this week we're doing one question, three answers, asking how we choose smart home technology from a security and a privacy perspective. Welcome back, chaps. How are you doing? Rafe Blanford? Very good, thank you, Ben. How about you? I'm good. Thank you very much for asking. You're coming to us live from London this evening? I am, and we've got you in live from Oman. Hello, hello, hello. Hi there. How's it going? Good, thank you. What's it like in the Middle East at the moment? It is uh, exceptionally hot at the minute. We were, I think it's 44 in the car this morning, but I tell you, I'm still loving it. Still loving it. Still loving the heat. 44 centigrade, just to be clear. That's mm. correct, yes. Gosh. Yes. Right, that is, My yes, problem is I'm hungry, but perhaps we can deal with that later. No, 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 no. We, we can sort that. Yeah, yeah. Hold that thought. Yeah. So, yes, it's 1st of June as we record this. These episodes always go out with a bit of a, a time lag. It's a bit variable. So this will probably be going out end of June. August. So <laughs> us complaining about the heat will seem like nothing by the time that England's been hit by its four weeks of, uh, of briefly sunny weather. So, mm. yeah, I'm sitting here melting for those in the States or outside the UK. No air conditioning and basically an entirely airtight building that doesn't leak yes. any heat. So that's a lovely combination. <laughs> but I've got one other piece of news. Go on. Great excitement here. And I know you'll be pleased for me. Deliveroo yes. has come to the village. Ooh. Ooh. No, that, that's, that is a thing. That's a very important milestone. Bentley has arrived. Well, it's, it's mm. now the sole subject of conversation on the, uh, the WhatsApp group for the road. So taking Ooh. photographs of your Deliveroo tea and... Uh, Sorry, dinner for Americans. Yes. WhatsApp photos of your delivery dinner for the rest of the neighbours to see who you've ordered from. I think there's only about five places on there. I was going to say, because you, you are a little in the country there. Well, so yes. where can you order from? Give us an idea. So there's a town about six miles from us with a bunch of sort of chain restaurants. So a couple of pretzels, Pizza Express. So ZZ's yeah. and Pizza Express that people in the okay. UK would recognise as kind of high street brands. There's a few independent places like Thai and a pub and actually... Rafe and I had dinner recently, and the local sort of independent steakhouse restaurant will deliver from there as well. And then a bunch wow. of sort of places that are kind of fast food, again, independent, but sort of fast food joints, you know, burgers and kebabs yeah. and that kind of stuff tend to open up later in the evening yeah. for that audience. So I'd say it's at 10 or so places, but it's caused great excitement. 
I mean, there was one weekend where I'd say there must have been five or six deliveries just on our road alone. I mean, you figure that we're seven <laughs> miles outside town. And so the radius for this must be a sort of a 15, 20 mile radius around the town. The amount of trades they must be doing must be fairly substantial, either that mm. or we're just giddy. Are you going to continue? Is it continuing, do you think? You know, can you see it continuing? I think the novelty will wear off a bit, but it's a marker. So I compare like where I live to where Rafe lives. Like, you know, Rafe can get an Uber from his front door to somewhere. Yeah, everything. He can get yeah. you know, yeah. a Deliveroo. He can get on a London Transit with his card and just pay for you know, kind of multimodal journeys with his Oyster card or with his bank card. Mm. And I'm just sort of ticking off the things that I don't have here, you know, 5G, you know. <laughs> well, fortunately, I do know about both worlds because when I'm on the uh, Blunt to say there was quite a lot of excitement when Just Eat arrived. But one of the things I found particularly annoying about that was because of the size, they would only deliver to the gatehouse and you had to, like, it's like, quite a long way to get down the drive. Oh, no. So it's cold by the time it gets to the house. It really is quite distressing. The main house. Yeah. Yeah. You really don't help yourself. No, he doesn't. So all this excitement with Deliveroo sparks the thought mm. that we uh, reflected on how well we did with Rafe Blanford's 14-minute delivery last time. Yeah. I would welcome listeners' feedback because I still am getting a very warm, fuzzy feeling for feeding Rafe. Because <laughs> right? Ben and I, we do worry about him. He's wasted away. And I, I know feeding is perhaps because we did actually send you some stuff that perhaps wasn't very... Hashtag rations for Rafe. Rations for Rafe. There we go. Rafe rations. I like it. I was a little taken aback by Getir because it, it said 13 minutes, if you recall. 13 minutes on yeah. the app. And then when I pressed go, it then said, wait a minute, we haven't got a driver or, or a, a, a yeah, deliverer guy yet. And then it ended up, what was it, 50 minutes or something in total? Still within an hour, but that wasn't really the point. And just for reference, so, you know, Deliveroo, which is not a very short notice service, mm. we had some kids playing in the garden at the weekend and yeah. we ordered some food for the end of the day. We got pizzas from the local chain pizza restaurant and they took 47 minutes to cook and deliver to my house seven miles away from the restaurant on Deliveroo, wow. which I think is about within five minutes of what your. Maltesers from a container five minutes away <laughs> took Rafe, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So there's some interesting crossover here because actually, mm. you know, I think some of the marketing for Getir kind of really overplayed it because you probably could have got your snacks through other ways there. So yeah, I'm, I'm keen yeah. to try some more, but I've only got Deliveroo. That's it. That's my one benchmark. None of these other things work here. I was wondering if I couldn't tempt you. I've just shown you a pile of Apple hardware. You know how tempted I am. <laughs> I feel that we haven't explored this in sufficient detail. I think it was unfortunate the Getir experience. I think it's useful for me and, and for, uh, I hope, our listeners that when it says 13 minutes, it is 13 minutes. Yeah. It, it was quick when the guy was available. Yes. I think they should update it to say, look, we don't, you know, no one's available yet, but stand by, stand by. Anyway, I wonder, couldn't we get that warm, fuzzy feeling once more, dear listeners, and let us send some stuff to Rafe again? Now, let's use some different services. What are you thinking? Now, you say, let's do an experiment for science. I hear, let's deliver a wheelbarrow of chocolate to Rafe's front door. <laughs> oh, great. Another sugar right. cone. But Maybe I'd, we can I'd make like, this a challenge. I'd like, to, I'd like to up it a little bit, guys. I'd right. like to up it a little bit. I think okay. I okay. will do another one, right? So we doff our hats to get here because it did work. Mm -hmm. Very, very effective. Apart from that delivery timing thing, but I'm sure they can fix that ongoing. Couldn't we try some other services? There are you, you Ben. I'd find some other. What was that? You found a list. I did. So, well, I, uh, I had a claim to know. Steve O'Hare 
TechCrunch journalist, sort of occasional correspondent on Twitter. Friend of the show? Or am I pushing it a little bit? Well, I don't think he knows who we are, but he's a nice man, yeah. so he might fake it. <laughs> so I've, I've been reading Steve's journalism for years and enjoying it. Yeah, likewise. Because I think Steve writes about fintechs with a kind of a balance that I've enjoyed. Oh, it's a good balance. He doesn't take prisoners, does he? No, but also he's not also just trying to score points. Anyway, let's stop blowing smoke up Steve's. No, exactly. He's fair. Fox News, but not Fox News. He's so, fair and balanced, I think. So Steve's just moved to Zap. And Zap is a, a Gettier competitor. It's a, you know, it's a very rapid delivery service. And I saw this morning that he tweeted some Sunday Times coverage, like this is now mainstream mm. news. This Sunday in the UK, if you were reading the mm. Sunday Times, there was a big multi-page spread of these services. And obviously Steve was drawing attention to the, the service he's working on now. But I thought, because I, I was having a look at that article, I thought, well, why don't we give him a try? So mm. um, I'm going to do Zap, which is okay. Steve's service, Steve's although you yep. know, obviously no, no endorsement and he doesn't know we're doing this. Mm. And I've just found the app here. So what was the next one on the list that you picked up? So I, I've gone for Wheezy. Wheezy? Wheezy, yeah. I got Glovo, and then I think that's in Spain, so that's the wrong, you know. Well, we'll try and secure the right location, yeah. Wheezy. I think, just for completeness, Rafe, I think you should try, what's that one that does, it says 10 minutes. What's the one? Is that Gorillas? Gorillas, right, right, yeah. yes. Because and I maybe wanted some to... non-chocolate items. What? Well, never mind. Let me do okay. the ordering. Okay, right. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. The three of us are going to order from different services. Can you get ordering now? Yep. And can we synchronize as we're recording? Because we're going to do an actual podcast in just a minute, an actual show. But I think it'll be rather useful if we press go. So, Rafe, you order something sensible, okay? Ben, as crazy as you can think, okay? Right. Basically, chocolate. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got the Zap app here, so first panic was, oh, is it going to force me to only order to my location? But it's let me put in Rafe's address, which obviously I will have memorised because, you know, yes. I like to send him you? joke parcels all the time. Yes. So I've got you locked in, Rafe. got your address. Yeah. So Zap here says within 20 minutes. Ooh, let me see what mine says. And I'm going to go through. And first observation is when I was searching for Rafe's address, it started to offer me uh, locations in New York. So uh, <laughs> mm. potential usability improvement there because I don't think they have service in New York. But I'm through, and I'm now looking at groceries, drinks, spirits, mixers, snacks. Aha, okay. Right, so, Rafe, you said not chocolate this time, did you? I mean, I'm not fussy when, you know, you're doing rations for Rafe, but this is true. Mm. I feel that you and Will have no respect for what I say whatsoever. So perhaps you could look at other items. All about the care, Rafe. So first thing I note is quite an interesting selection of snacks. I mean, I'm only looking mm. in the snacks and drinks section, but quite a good selection. Prices, to me, look like sort of corner shop prices, you know, not, not mm. as cheap as supermarkets. Okay, Rafe, here we go. Now, um, long-time friend of the show and source of the most recent three questions, one answer, our 10-year anniversary questioner, Illico Elia. He's a big advocate of Hackney Gelato, which is a local gelato producer in London. All right. And I noticed they are on Zap. So, Rafe Blanford. Do, 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 do. Okay, okay. Oh, right. So, Rafe Blanford is getting a butterscotch gelato, a vegan mango Ooh. sorbetto. You'll need some juice to wash that down. Okay, Tropicana. Rafe, do you need any eggs? Don't need any eggs. I'm going to order like vegetables from Gorilla. How many eggs would be enough? Uh, <laughs> that's um, one egg that's a french joke bit of butter no okay so i'm ready to place my order so that's actually 
surprisingly easy but i'm still just picking stuff off they've got some stuff that's out of stock here but it's all nice and clear pretty close so that's cool so i'm the wheezy i've just registered all is good and i've just noticed i've got a here's a here's a, a quick tip we're giving you 10 pound off says the email on your first two orders if you order more than 20 pounds i do feel a little bit ordering from muscat i think that's not entirely nice for me to take advantage of them so i'm just going to order normally i'm not going to use their welcome 10 now it doesn't tell me how quickly they're going to deliver it says in minutes okay no, we deliver quality. The email says we deliver quality groceries in minutes, fifteen to be precise. But on the app, it's not specifically like Gatier was yeah. doing. It's not telling me. It's got local to London, so they've got lots of very nice craft beers and some London-related snacks. Ah. Don't think these are for Blandford, though. Oh, they got the Hackney. They got the Hackney gelato here. Yeah, there's no local products specifically called out in Zap. Although I say I did recognise that one's a local one, but I think that is now distributed nationally. So. It's not local brand, but I mean, sidebar, but not for a Rafe. Uh, thinking about, oh, who would use this and why? Because we talked about that the other week. Mm. First thing that occurs to me is children, baby, and pharmacy. So a whole bunch of children's yeah. medicine here. And yeah. when you've run out of cow pole for the kids. Oh, that's business critical. Absolutely. Yeah. They're smart because it's the first thing when you go into um, pharmacy, children's pharmacy. And they have Benlin here. Yeah. 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 So having played that game Where's a few times, pole? that oh, seems pretty it. smart. Yeah. I just want to also highlight that they've got an option called Still Scrolling on the menu. They've got Home Essentials, plant-based cupboards. I like this Still Scrolling. When you click on that, it then says, do you want a COVID-19 antigen rapid lateral flow test? 16 (laughs) quid. That's quite useful. 16 pounds? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Or a Chateauneuf de Pap or some Gordon's gin. Anyway, I'm ready to go. That's an interesting product selection. Would you like some Chateauneuf de Pap or a lateral flow (laughs) test? (laughs) Yes, it is useful. Now, Rafe, I had tried Gorillas a little while ago, and it, re- it was insisting on wanting my location, and that's what I thought, oh, no, I don't think I can order from Muscat. So what's your experience been with uh, Gorillas? So obviously that location thing wasn't a problem for me. Mm. The whole interface is very smooth. They've got the good categorization, that local thing that you mentioned as well. So ordered some bread from a local bakery and some uh, Ooh, that's nice. meat from a local butcher's, and that just feels wow. nice because it kind of makes you feel better about using you know, a, a corporate thing with, you know, service workers and all mm. of those kind of things. And then they've got a good selection of healthy food. So I'm putting some of that on the order. So what's your definition of healthy? Just, you know. Well, things like bananas and cucumbers and Chocolate covered fruit. fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> and then they've just made it really easy because they've integrated kind of Apple Pay and some other payment options as well. You can add a tip, which I've just done. So Actually, it's pretty impressive from an app point of view. Are you chaps ready to place your order then? Because no, that's... No, I'm yep, just, yep. I've done my card. I think I'm ready now. Because I, we, we want to try and get it right. Here. I was going to say, when well, I'm on the screen with Apple Pay... I've had to type my card in. Oh. Uh, what's, what's this, Wheezy? Okay. Where's your Apple Pay? So uh, I think right, anyway, we should okay. go from the right. point at which we start the payment transaction. So I think um, you're right. Okay, okay so I'm, I'm ready to swipe now. Okay. It says swipe. And um, I've got my basket. That was nice and easy. So yeah. uh, ready? Three... Yep. Two, one, start paying. Okay, so oh. I'm paying. Oh, Please select the payment pay. option. Double click. Done. Okay, wait Processing payment. Done. Your order is here. How, how did you hear about us? Done. I'm going to say, how did I hear about Wheezy? Oh, is it, it was a, uh, wasn't it? My ben order Smith. is being processed. Here we go. So this looks just like Deliveroo, little thing down the bottom. I can see my order. And... Okay, so just for the record, as we record this, it's local time. It is 7.23 as we hit go. Right, my order is in progress. 
Okay, I've got no, no, nothing, no little chappies. Oh, it says payment status on hold. Status preparing order. I've got a 7.50pm ETA now. Ah, interesting. Scheduled time, 7.47. You're getting it, apparently. So I I don't have a scheduled time on my order. Before we move on and do an actual episode, let's compare uh, delivery charges. So over the top of the products, obviously it'll depend how Mm. these costs are absorbed. Do you have a delivery Mm. charge? 2.95. Zap is one ninety nine, Rafe. One pound eighty. So they're all plus or minus. It'll be interesting to see the respective product costs. How does yours feel? You and mine, mine is a sort of local shop. I, no, yeah. I, yeah, it's corner corner store. You like your local shop? I thought was uh, so not not too bad, but lots of kind of one pound twenty five is when I was expecting. Oh, I don't know. I think it's fine. I think it's. I don't think it's. I think it's good. But I, your orders in progress. I'm not feeling it. It's not telling me much. You have doubts, do you? Well, just I think the expectation is I want to see more whizzy, you know, bikes moving around maps and stuff. But you know, we'll still see. Okay, so my window has changed status now, so it's gone from order confirmation to like I think Domino's Pizza do this, the kind of the stages of the you know, preparing the order and, and shipping it and stuff. So seven thirty nine yeah. estimated arrival for Zap. So that would be interesting. Yeah, they've authorized for me now. Um, okay, so let's put our phones aside and we'll come back to uh, that because we're going to be interrupted in 14 minutes, by my reckoning, with Rafe's lovely uh, snacks. Mm. I'm a bit disappointed. I'm not getting 40 quid's worth of chocolate now to my house. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we should move on. We've already taken way too long on that. Mm. This week, we are going to do one question, three answers again. I'm going to do a hybrid question this week. Had a couple of comments towards the end of last season about smart home security and i know we're doing a bit of smart home stuff at the moment but i i think that this is uh, really relevant to people right now matt bircher who's someone i really enjoy watching on youtube and also writes birch tree newsletter i'll, I'll link them in the show notes uh, check them out really nice guy who's doing some brilliant sort of solo content production I was asking on twitter the other day about the differences in security and the other characteristics of some of the sort of find my things services that are triggered by um, air tags and those sorts of things. And um, reminded me that we got some questions around security last season. What should we choose and what would you Mm. use? And we'd had a couple of people saying, what brands would you choose? So we're going to do one question, three answers this week. How do you decide on smart home equipment to buy based on security? Now, can we just make sure that Blandford himself here goes first? Because right? we've had complaints about him typing. You can actually hear the keyboard typing. Right? That's not actually the sound of keyboard. That's the noise Rafe's head makes when he's thinking. Okay. Anyway, so I'm going to go first this week. Put your hands down, Rafe. I drew the short straw in the poll, but you weren't really listening to me when I said that. So I'll go first. <laughs> uh, Rafe second, and you and you can go third this week. Same as always, if you haven't listened to the show before, we have a theory that there are many good answers to one question. Nothing's wrong, but there are different ways to answer those questions. We're going to take it in turns to answer the question. And the only rule is that you can't say the same thing as the preceding person. So even if that's your answer, you need to find a different good answer. Okay. So what factors do you consider when choosing smart home equipment? And uh, I'm going to go first. Let me start with okay. a timer. So, Ben. So, Ben. Okay. So. For me, it is entirely around brand and trust. And we've already joked in this episode about me being an Apple enthusiast. And 
I don't love everything that the firm does. There are lots of things in terms of App Store and antitrust and other areas about the way they treat developers that I think are not good. And the firm is not above criticism. But the fact that they make privacy such a major part of their products and the fact that they've created products where the the security that they push into the products aligns with my needs. So they're interested in selling me hardware and they can sell me more hardware if I trust it and want to use it. And they don't use invasive things with regard to privacy around advertising. They don't support people like Facebook. In fact, they actively challenge people like Facebook who sort of mine your data and choose to try and misdirect people about it. And they've also cracked down on the App Store recently. I think previously I've been softening on this for a little while. And had you asked me this question a couple of weeks ago, I might have said, oh, well, actually, I'll look and see what my friends have bought. But I've been really spooked by uh, Cam's security issue recently. So Eufy are one of the brands of Anchor, who are a Chinese-based accessories manufacturer, and they do some really good stuff, everything from phone chargers, cables, robot vacuum cleaners, and indeed security cameras. The Eufy cams have been getting some really good reviews. In fact, if you wanted wireless security cameras to rival the Arlo devices that I have in my house, I think you and you've got in, in your house, indeed, yeah, at least outside our respective houses, I would have been very inclined to say, go for Eufy, because recently the reviews have been saying that they outperform other devices of that type. Mm. However, I've been really spooked by a case where people were logging into their Eufy accounts and they were able to see other users' cameras, uh, access other users' cameras. And clearly there was some kind of authentication issue whereby people were seeing things that didn't belong to them. And it really shocked me because I think in other areas with the sort of basic accessories market stuff, I would have just said, look, it's cheap and it's easy and grin and bear it and it's the price you pay. And that's the same for you know, people who choose to buy very cheap Android phones and things like that as well. We've talked in the past about the privacy risks of all the junk software they load on. But for me, things like cameras, things that put microphones inside your house, there is a genuine risk that sensitive or personal information could be leaked. You know, if you have a camera in your house, it could be that you're having a work-related conversation or a personal conversation, and I wouldn't want somebody to witness that. And also, this security incident, it became apparent that people were making each other aware and then actively going out seeking other people's cameras to see if they could find interesting cameras to watch or to view. And that just felt like people, you know, sort of actively trying to exploit it and being able to for quite some time. Yeah. And I'm afraid it spooked me back to thinking, okay, you know, Eufy say nothing really substantial about security in their marketing of their products. They have logins and security and they talk about it as a feature, but they don't have good track record on this. And it really spooks me. So I'm just going to go back to brands I trust. And then that pushes me on to the next thing, which people would say, well, ah, well, what about Google? What about Amazon? Because they're big mm. brands and, you know, you, Ben, definitely spend a lot of money with Amazon and you mm. definitely use Prime and you definitely have lots and lots of Echo devices in your home. So, uh, you, know, you, you know, you've completely contradicted yourself there. And actually, it's a constant thing of checking myself where I won't use any Google stuff at all in the house. Really? Yeah. And it's for this reason. With those brands, particularly with Google and Amazon, I think you walk a line because too frequently they make choices or when there are errors, they are in Google or Amazon's favor. You know, when things go wrong, when Google collects passwords or when Google leaves a thing on or does additional tracking Mm. and it's always, oh, sorry, yep, you caught us, we were doing that tracking or we were doing that analysis. And so for me, the utility of Amazon's Echo devices 
is enough that I'm prepared to track the news stories, read about these devices, stay up to date on how their software's working, which features are on or off. But for Google, I don't have the energy or the time for it. I don't see the utility in their devices, so I won't. And frankly, right now, I'm right on the cusp of saying, we'll get rid of our Echo devices and we'll shift over to HomePods because wow. the features that we use in the Echo devices are good, but they could be easily replicated with the HomePods. We're not doing very advanced things with the Echoes that Amazon's devices are definitely better at. So that's where I'm at. Brand-driven, very concerned by the uh, cams, and um, a little bit spooked by Amazon's service. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of some good questions for him. It's rare that I get to do this because normally you force me to go first, right? Look as though I haven't prepared anything. So I'm surprised that you think that about Amazon. Don't you value Amazon? Don't you think they're uh, reliable? I presume you're a Prime subscriber, right? Yeah. So the reason I'm, and again, this is like the people will, I'm sure people who've been long-time listeners to the show will be saying that's inconsistent. And I'd say, no, it's not inconsistent. That's changing my opinion based on what's happening. And as we record this, in the next few days, Amazon is about to enable Sidewalk on all of Mm. its US-based Echo devices. And in some respects, I think this is brilliant because Sidewalk is a local network of Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. It allows smart home devices to connect to the Sidewalk network. It could be from your devices, but it could be from your neighbor's devices. And it allows theirs to connect to yours. It allows Echo devices to find tile tags. So now those tile tags will have a much greater sensor network and they could rival Mm. the Find My network of Apple's iPhones. You know, these are good things. I'm doing my bunny ears quotes. You know, like Mm. this is fantastic. But they're turning it on by default on every single device without positive opt-in, without explaining clearly to people who already have Echo devices what's going on. And I think the commons is lacking. And I think what worries me is that, you know, on day one, the feature set looks fine to me. I think Mm. I would use Sidewalk if I could. If it was available in the UK, I think I would happily leave it on and be grateful that my cameras and my doorbell might have backup networks and better access. But the problem is because they turned it on by default, I now have to check repeatedly, oh, you know, have they turned any new Sidewalk features on? Have they changed the privacy policy for Sidewalk? Have they allowed you to browse the internet over Sidewalk? You know, all these sorts of things. And I worry that it's basically, it's, you know, you and we talk about, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of overhead. It's a lot of, you know, mental load that I've got to keep on top of. And I think for my Amazon devices in the UK now, it's just about worth it, but it's really borderline. And I wouldn't have said that about Amazon devices pre-Sidewalk. You know, I was, I was, oh, they're great, they're fantastic, they're well-designed, I find them really useful. But Amazon spooked me a bit with this Sidewalk launch. Did Apple ask you about um, Find My? Have you opted in for that? Or have they opted you in? So you're right, they're sensing other people's devices. No, mm. they didn't ask. So Apple's done exactly the same? No, well, I think that's an important difference, though, and that's why I talk about sort of trying to draw the line. Apple's Find My Service spots nearby devices it's a bit like contact tracing with the covid apps you know Mm. i've seen your nearby and they give it back to apple in an encrypted form and apple can't see who it is either and it's all completely invisible and for me that is below the bar that needs consent is it the same you're asking no it's not Mm. because 
if Apple had turned on a hotspot on my phone and let other people pass data over the internet and connect their devices into my... Oh, oh, Rafe has been buzzed. Live breaking wait, updates wait. here. So wait a minute, is that... Is that you or my? Look, uh, um, having said there's no map, there is a map now on Wheezy, which is quite useful. You can scroll down and I can see it. And I can see the guy is uh, going along the, uh, the, the main road here. It's really, it's really good. To see. I'm in Muscat. <laughs> and I can see him walking, driving. This guy's driving along the London road here. Rafe's just at his front door collecting. I want to see, is it you or me who got our it's not mine. First? It's not mine because he's, uh, it must be his, I think. Because my, my guy's still in the... Well, mine the, is nearby. Right. Here he comes. Here he comes. Ooh. Which service is that, Rafe? That is Zap. Yeah, I'm the winner. <laughs> wow. So that delivered at 39 minutes. So 39 minutes. It was delivered in 16 minutes. Rafe, you're going to want to pop those in the freezer, mate. We're going to make sure I got the order right. Oliver is nearby. Okay. That says, that's my radio. I think I'm going to... So how yeah. exciting. So Zap was the best performer there. Wow. Uh, and now, to be clear, Rafe is in a central London E1 postcode. So, yes. you know, all of these services can reach him fairly easily. I'm now watching a man trying to stuff too much ice cream into an already <laughs> overpacked freezer. This is podcast gold. <laughs> oh, it's really interesting to see how... Lord Blandford now look it looks like my guy is actually outside his door now based on the map right now so we should hear the in a minute oh no he's gone past it okay Rafe so can we just do a check it was uh, some hackney gelato some chocolate and some orange juice did all those things arrive they all arrived and some uh, tropical mango sweets which was a gift to you from us some candy chickens as a bonus thank you Zap Wow. Very nice. Well, well done, Zap. 16 minutes and a freebie. Did the cold things arrive in a freezer bag or anything like that? No, it all just came in a brown paper bag. But with that kind of timing, I wouldn't be able to get to the shops and back that quick. Not a big deal. Okay, so back to the topic of the podcast. You and I were desperately trying to finish my point, and then we'll move on to... Wait a minute. Oliver's about to deliver. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, well, I'll try and finish my point. I was saying... For me, spotting things like the COVID apps, the proximity apps, those kinds of things, perfectly fine. Actually transmitting data, actually hooking your devices up to my device and transmitting data over my network, that gave me cause for concern because that is harder to make genuinely anonymous and also makes me in some way responsible or at least associated with the data that you produce. And that might not be data that I want to be involved in. I don't know if you've put a spy camera in my neighbor's house, if you are mm. you know, an abusive partner or something like that, doing something nasty, and you're benefiting from the fact that my echo is you know, close enough to your house to get a wireless connection. So right. you know, that's quite a pessimistic view. But for me, there's a very big, meaningful difference between simply you know, who's nearby in a very anonymous way that you know, is only seen with consent. So there you go. There's my answer. I'm brand, 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 because it's about trust, trust, trust. And every time I've got more relaxed about this, one of those new brands or one of those brands that hasn't made privacy a core part of its offering has let me down. Eufy, for example, Amazon in the States, a bit scary. So there you go. There's my answer. So it's probably more than my fair share of time. We should move on. Uh, Rafe Blanford, you are up next. So Rafe Blanford, what factors do you consider regarding security when you're picking a smart home brand? Well, it's hard not to uh, disagree with 
Ben here on term equality, but I'm going to take a slightly different approach to answering this. In that, yes, I think the brand and all that's important, but I want to think about the method and the way that you're securing the house. And smart home has come a long way, and there's lots of solutions, and there's the traditional alarm systems, and they're great too, but that doesn't feel like a very 361 podcast answer. So the concern for me here is all the things have been talked about, like security, cameras, sensitivity of the data. And is it possible to do this without actually having a camera or at least turning the camera on at the appropriate moment? So just starting to see, it's the answer is I want some technologies to get a bit further forward for detecting presence. And there are things like motion sensors, but they're a bit unreliable. You also need them actually looking at a specific area of your home. So it's kind of line of sight, things like that. So there is the uh, technology that's being talked about, and I'm going to talk about one that I don't think is quite there yet, which is basically using perturbations in the Wi-Fi signals in your what? home. Yes, sorry, Chris, sorry. Perturbations alert. Yes, please don't be so rude. Uh, small variations in the Wi-Fi signal that get detected when there are changes in things in the hut. And these bells just come This is going to be a fun I think, episode. I think, <laughs> I think that's Oliver. What's happening to gorillas? I think that's mine. This would be very funny if the two of us who live hundreds and tens of miles away from him, respectively, can get him some snacks faster than he can himself with his own delivery service. Oh, look, look, branded Wheezy Bag. Yeah. Now, that's interesting because Zap and Wheezy have delivered in paper bags, like shopping bags. And I think last week, Gessier gave you quite a fancy branded bag, didn't they? Yeah, really nice branded bag but wait, does that got my name on it there with a little hello oh okay that's uh gorillas though that is our third option so actually let's just do a time check wait wait to do a time so wait that was we just heard the buzzer so zap was 16 minutes and what was your service Wheezy. Wheezy was 23 minutes. And here we go. Gorillas. Oh, oh no. He's got those are branded paper bags as well. Branded paper Interesting. bags. Interesting. Gorillas in at 25 minutes. Oof. What did yeah. you get from Gorillas, Rafe? Uh, so some got, groceries? Yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. this is all going to be very sensible, my friend. Go on. Spring onions, milk. Jeez, <laughs> come on. You're never going to use them. Ice cream, bananas, more fruit. Wait, wait. Are you speaking to the microphone? No, I'm not. I probably need to do that again. Uh, no, because that's a boring list anyway. <laughs> okay, so my fleeting concern there was that one of the disparities in the time might be that we'd ordered different stuff. But we've got several orders of four or five things, I think. All right, come on, open mine, Rafe. Yeah. Come on, open. Just have a look inside of you and make sure that's on time. I di- yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't give him anything crazy. I mean- there appears to be a, a heavier component of unhealthy things in this bag. Well, obviously... Come on. Okay, well, just, just so that Mark stays completely sane, let's just leave the unpacking of the bag to Alasia, because if we rattle that bag in front of the microphone anymore, Mark is going to come to your house with a cricket bat in the middle of the night. I do need to put one thing in the freezer, and then we can resume. Ten years ago, I never imagined that there'd be a portion of the show dedicated to watching Rafe wrestle with a freezer. <laughs> oh, dear. It's funny how the content develops over the years, isn't it? Let's just jump back in time before, you know, 400,000 calories worth of ice cream arrived at your house. And you were saying that it was about perturbations in the Wi-Fi signal. So you were saying basically (laughs) you were anticipating (laughs) some technology arriving. 
at that point, you know, I wandered off because there was chocolate. <laughs> yes, that's right. And so there are various ways of detecting presence without having a camera. The motion sensors aren't really that great, but can you do that detecting motions or presence in any way? Variations in radio signals, Wi-Fi is one of them. The ones that are probably a bit more reliable are kind of using LiDAR-type technology, the similar stuff you get into self-driving cars. And actually, there's a company called VAR who actually use this already to do full detection in the home. And basically, it's monitoring of people at risk and things like that. But there's no reason why you couldn't use the same thing for kind of detecting home security and doing presence, because it's accurate enough to be able to detect the difference between a pet and a human by looking at size, looking at motion and things like that. And if you pair that up with some of the present sensors, like, you know, you're arriving at home, that could be, you know, geofencing and things like that. That ability to do that detection, I think, is more sophisticated. And at that point, you can then say there's someone in your home, call the police, do whatever. You could potentially turn on a recording device. And that, for me, is interesting because it's reducing the amount of time you're kind of opening up that part of your home by which what you get with UFI and many of the others. And that just makes me feel a bit more comfortable. And there are, of course, other things that you can do with that because, you know, good, reliable presence detection also is like at the heart of doing proper automation in the smart home in general, whether that's turning on lights, heating and control like that. And most of them at the moment are whole home. You know, your phone is in the house or it's not. With this kind of LiDAR and Wi-Fi, you can do it on a room-by-room basis. And so I want something that both does home security and allows me to have a finer grain of control over what turns it on but also potentially has added benefits. Because I think always with the smart home, it's not about the individual bit of technology. It's about how it all adds up to a greater whole. And so that's my answer. I'm really interested in that and particularly the LiDAR solution. But I'm curious, I feel like you've dodged the question slightly in as much as <laughs> you've got Echo devices, you've got some home automation, you've got a, 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 a Google vacuum there, cleaner it? and Google and things. But are you saying effectively that your future decisions will be much more about looking for, I'm trying to paraphrase what you said, but essentially looking at the way things work as architected to be more private and that you actually will wait to buy products until they have privacy like, you say, LiDAR, like Wi-Fi signals, because quite a lot of what we've bought, we all respectively have in our homes now, is all kind of first-gen stuff. You either have it the way it works or not at all. It's, there's not a big diverse market of products that work in different ways to choose from. So are you pausing your smart home buying or just anticipating how much better it will be in the future? I'm partly anticipating it being better in the future, but this is also in London. It's about in-the-home security. Where I've done it elsewhere, my parents' house, for example, it's been about outside security and monitoring the outside. There isn't reason to do that for me yeah. in London. And in the house, you are much more aware of privacy concerns and so it's actually about making that technology choice now the real answer for me individually is i have played around with stuff like ufi but like the recent thing has kind of put me off and wasn't very keen on that it's also a bit hard to make that seamless around the home and i have got one of the new alexa shows which actually has a swivel stand on it so that actually answers one of the key things for me which was being able to specifically log in and check how things are doing in the home i'm not really using it on the security mode or anything like that. And so home monitoring is something I feel I'm now able to do and thus, yeah, would wait before going for that all-up automated security solution. I acknowledge that is partly, though, my specific circumstances. It's funny, actually, because I wonder what you thought of that 
Amazon home drone, the Ring drone, because that was widely criticised as sort of being a bit dystopian when they announced it. I think it's interesting because I kind of can see where it comes from. But I actually think that kind of solution that switches almost into a high active mode is interesting for me. And it got dinged because it sort of felt a bit futuristic. But is that any different to having your cameras on all the time? Actually, yes, it is, because it's much more selective about it. Chasing criminals around your home um, with a, a drone sounds a bit weird, but I think it's one of those things that a lot of technology, it takes a while to, for people to get comfortable adopting it. I mean, the ideas of having microphones always on in your home, which now pretty much every smart speaker has the same with uh, cameras, the same with home security. And I think that is one of the challenges when it you know, gets connected or it moves faster than people can really understand it. That comfort factor becomes really important. And I think that's the thing that did for Ring. I love the Ring drone because, as you say, when it lands, it covers the camera over and then you can go and check if your house is secure or not. And I think the chasing the burglar was a bit futuristic, but... Hmm. My alarm is going off, or my neighbour says they was texted me to say there's smoke coming from my loft, or something like that. You know, and the ability to sort of virtually walk around my house really appealing. And I just as you were talking, though, I did a little count, and I have one, two, three, four, five, six cameras pointing at me now as I sit here talking to you, <laughs> and not because they're all live, but because I've got two laptops, a couple of screens, a webcam that I use, a couple of iPads over there. Nearly every device I've got you know, in the room has got some kind of camera in it. And so people don't make that same kind of fuss about having cameras persistently pointing at them. They just trust that they're off. So you talked about local awareness of where you were in your home. What's your privacy concern there? Is it just the fact that you're verifiably in your home or are you worried about having devices that can you know, learn about what you're doing inside your house? I don't think I'm probably personally concerned about that it's about that granularity of the presence information and being able to pick it up on an individual room or ideally without having to install loads more devices which is where like the stuff that already is in your home like wi-fi signals is, is kind of interesting to me and it's the quality and reliability of that but i think there is a you know in just the same way that concern about camera and that's maybe more a cyber security people you think about you find things like that how much information am I actually willing to give up to some of these companies about how much time I spend in each room? Because they very quickly get you to label the room because that's just helpful when you're then trying to do remote control or understand what's going on. You know, is it useful for, say, Apple or Amazon to know how much you spend in certain time in the room? It then gets interesting because potentially they could also make sure they do delivery when you're actually at home. And so there's all sorts of things that have tangential benefits outside a smart home. But I do understand that there are a lot of people who like the idea of local presence detection because it's on the edge. It doesn't have to sit in a cloud solution or something like that. And, I, you know, that all comes into edge computing, which I think will become a lot more prevalent. And, you know, Apple talks about privacy. Google's now talking about privacy by design. I think all of those things are going to push things out of the cloud and into more edge computing. I think home security and presence detection are going to be no different in that sense. Because relatively speaking, they're simple problems to solve from a technology or a sensor point of view. We're nearly out of time, Rafe. But I think the other thing that occurs to me we are talking there is it is a nightmare to know. How are people supposed to know? Because we, as relatively interested, relatively tech-savvy people, struggle to understand all the privacy implications of what these various devices and technologies are doing. 
and can have a sort of a sense that this is what on the end of a scale I prefer or on the end of the scale I don't prefer. But Ewan challenged me earlier, what if Apple did something you didn't like? Well, mm. I suppose you know, there is a chance of that, but actually what would horrify me more was what if they did something I didn't know? You know, that would yeah. probably scare me even more. And so for consumers, it's really hard to know because it's one of these things that you only find out when it's gone wrong. And actually, it's very hard to comparison shop. You know, it's, it's a little bit like, it makes me think of insurance policies. You know, which insurance policy yeah. should I find out? Well, until you've tried to make an insurance claim, you won't actually know how good the policy is. And then, even then, it's impossible for you to know how another insurer would respond in that precise set of circumstances. So oh. yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, I completely agree with that because that comes back to trust and trust isn't just about the security of it. It's about what they'll do with the data. That they and, and that's kind of inevitable. And so this is why VAIR that I mentioned earlier, and it's full detection and kind of a health monitoring thing. They talk about no need for cameras, wearables, buttons and cords and things like that. But it's also the fact they can tell how long you're spending in bed, what kind of activity you're doing within the given room. And so yes. that granularity of information gets really interesting when you do start thinking about smart home and controls and what you do. And I suspect actually you could probably tell just by the type of motion through a home that something was out of the ordinary and therefore more likely to be you know, a burglar or whatever else. And that starts to answer some of that question about what's interesting and what are you prepared to kind of give up to some extent and that felt like a better value exchange than some of what we were talking about earlier i started off being quite keen and then you said they'd invented a machine that told you how long you spent in bed and now i'm not interested anymore because <laughs> that feels like only bad news okay uh, you and mcleod you're mm. up last as per your long-held dream and aspiration that uh, you should get to go last so what are the factors that you consider when you are buying smart home tech and i'm particularly interested in the fact you've done it in a load of different countries with different cultural uh appreciations of privacy as well yeah um good point okay so i have most things i've got smart things i've got uh from samsung although i've been a little disappointed by this it feels like they're not really supporting it that much it feels like i've got netgear arlo cameras in the uk we've got a very sure alarm system She's got his own cameras and uh, detectors and so on. And then what else? Have I, I've got the, all the Amazons and the Googles. I really like the Nest, the Google Nest hubs, the small ones. I love the pricing of them at £49 for the various different Black Friday events. I think they're now around about that price now. And I use them for showing off photos around the house. And occasionally just uh, the, the, the children call it the Hey Google. Yeah, so the, even the uh, the three year old also calls the uh, the Amazon devices the Hey Google. On security, I'm happy with big companies, big big billion dollar companies that have a heck of a lot to lose if they don't invest correctly. So yeah, Microsoft, for example, Google, uh, and so on. Now I know that there are different approaches for different companies, and I, I do hear you when you talk about your policy on Google. I hear you. I understand. I don't think, from my point of view, that Google have done enough to wind me up, to persuade me to remove the devices. I do think the utility is pretty cool. I like the voice capability. Likewise, we have um, uh, Amazon devices in the children's rooms. So I'm, I'm not too worried at the moment. But then we don't have anything uh, with cameras in children's rooms or anything like that. Now, we do have, and we did have some Arlo cameras in Denmark. 
especially on the outside and in the inside. I kept the inside ones off during the day. And then whenever you go out, I had them come on. But then that's Netgear. Again, I'm trusting Netgear very heavily, very heavily to do the right thing and to make sure that their security is always flipping fantastic. I did have a little concern of it. And to preempt the people who were writing and saying, no, it's not. It's an independent company now. When you were in Denmark, it was Netgear. It was Netgear. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I recognize they spun it off and that's cool, but I'm trusting that they spun it off with the right resources and also a, you know, zero death wish strategy, right? Which is, you know, they will not be giving up or, or Cutting corners on security. So, I, 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 yeah, the, the minute that you tell me that I, I read a, a, a qualified press article reporting that there's been a, an incident, then these things go you know, in the trash immediately, right? Now, I'm a little more concerned about what Wi-Fi network they're running on, these things. You know, I do like the idea of a segmented Wi-Fi network for smart stuff, okay, because there are holes all over the place. I can appreciate that. And some of the kind of third-party stuff, like, for example, uh, on my desk, I've got an Osram EU power switch thing. Smart switch. The smart yeah. And I'm sure Osram are very good, but, you know, I uh, haven't used that because it's, it's, it's the wrong plug type here in, in a man. I do worry, and that's why I've got them all on a separate network. I worry about holes and some of the smart thing, the, the, the smart devices. I don't worry so much about the big players. I'm particularly interested in Amazon and Google with these streams. I do think... A little bit about this. I am quite concerned about, yeah, are they taking a whole or your know, continuous audio stream and sticking it in on a server and continually? That does bother me a little bit. I've done a lot of research to try and see what precisely are they doing. And each point I've eventually relaxed. And for the avoidance of doubt, yeah, definitively as proven by researchers, Amazon and Google's devices do not in their default configurations working correctly, stream audio continuously. It is possible to inspect them and, and to make sure they're not doing that. Exactly. Yes. Witness when yes, data is yes. being transmitted, which is not to say that they couldn't be hacked or that they couldn't change that feature. But yes, you know, there are some Tim Four Hat Brigade who would say that. But I, I understand the reservation definitely. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. I have been really tempted by the Amazon Echo devices that you can drop in on. Yes, the ones with cameras, just because I think it could be very, very, very helpful for. My parents and my wife's parents, you know, talking to the children and so on and so on. Yeah, I think the the way I see our three year old actually sees her grandmother and my mother more via FaceTime, and they play games together via FaceTime with our, on our iPad than they would if we were living in the UK. Which is, you know, this is sometimes it's an hour a day that they're playing together, and it's wonderful to see that. But I think the iPad isn't a brilliant device for that so i've been thinking about getting some echo but then i'm concerned about the capability of just you know i think it's potentially an invasion of my parents privacy if we got one for them and then one for octavia to then just press a button and say granny 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 because i think granny can strategically be busy (laughs) when when she's being repeatedly facetimed i need a friend that's what octavia says so disappointingly (laughs) i was anticipating a slightly different answer from you but i oh I know. It, again, you know, I, it feels to me like you're wrestling with that. The features are very appealing, yes. but I'm trying to unpack the security that I sort of half understand, half don't. You know, mm. of these products, and I wonder how we could help people choose what to buy when you know, kind of, we are struggling with that same equation. So I wonder there was this particular scenario I was interested for you, and you know, feel free not to answer the question, but go on. As a thrusting high level banking executive, 
Mm. There is a chance that you might be having conversations in your home office that are commercially sensitive yes. about your business, or yes. you know, you wouldn't just let anybody listen in because they might hear, you know, the plans that you have as an organisation. Mm. So I wondered, do you have a strategy around that is different for where I do my work, where I do my sensitive phone calls versus the rest of the house? Because I thought that might help us understand kind of where the trust lines move to right. when it goes from just you know, kind of casual to data that really matters. In a previous organization, we were ensuring that our executives were experimenting, so they'd used it. Yeah. And we were, were saying, take it home, take it home. But, you know, we're sitting next to our info security people, and you know, they say, no, don't take it home, don't take it home, do not plug it in here. <laughs> because you've got this weird contradiction of, we want you to understand it because we're providing services to customers through these devices. Yes. But also, don't bring them home because you might breach security. Yes. You know, there's a hundred different policies, you know, and some very, very considerable fines depending on what market you're in. If you are yes. breaking confidentiality, right? So you don't do that. Well, this is regulatory concerns, not just... Absolutely. We had to be incredibly specific. You will take this home, you will use it, you know, in one room, you will play with it for 24 hours, just experience it, you know, and, that, and then you take it out. And then we're also having to, to say, look, um, this is in other organizations, you know, can we come and do an audit? So one organization that I've, I've worked at, we actually sent the IT guys, you know, because these senior execs didn't know, and they're not expected to know that that thing there is listening to precisely everything they're saying, potentially listening to everything they're saying, you're in their office, and they didn't know. And that's because their 18-year-old comes and hey, Dad, try this. And so I think it's really important that you do inspect and help many of your non-techie colleagues understand this. It's a very key concern for mine. I have been known to actually switch the device off before I will uh, you're doing particular calls. Yeah. But where do you stop? Where do you stop? That's because just like you did with your cameras looking around, I've got umpteen devices here that are listening right now. Okay, I've got an iPad that's listening. All I have to do is say, hey, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And then the whole desk lights up, okay? so And then both of my handsets are constantly listening, right? But I, I, right, the ones I, I, I carry everywhere. So I think it's, it's about being sensitive and making sure you're taking as many you know, sensible precautions as possible and you're updating all the time. I do swap phones regularly, all right? I do like to do a reinstall regularly as well, um, especially on my Android devices. But I think you can go a little bit too tinfoil, as the phrase goes. And I think you, you have to balance this with utility and reality. And, and look, if you're going to have confidential discussions, I do find it funny that when I challenge InfoSecurity or InfoSec teams in various different companies in the past, I obviously don't want to talk about my current situation. Mm. When they say, oh, no, it's not secure, it's not secure. And I say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's an iPhone on every desk here. Oh, that can't be hacked. All right, cool. Okay, well, uh, have we checked that no one's recording? No. All right, but this is, this is a serious, serious meeting. We're just talking about, you know, a serious activity and we haven't checked everyone's phone. All right, what's very interesting is Siri has just acted. Oh, geez, it's just activated just now because I said serious. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Uh, so I do think we all have to be quite aware of the actual realities and I think there is a degree of, I think in general family life is okay, but I think just being aware, being aware that these devices are on and you, do you want it next to your bedside recording everything? Maybe not. I think that brings us almost full circle on the what are we concerned about debate because I think home security almost unfairly gets clobbered because it's such an obvious thing with cameras in your home and it is detecting presence and people are concerned about what information leaks out as a result i would actually be willing to bet things around identity theft 
poor passwords, everything else are much riskier for the average right. person in terms of information getting out and cybersecurity and infosec and all of those things, whether you're talking about in the home or the corporate environment. But if this is a thing that you can kind of educate people about the concerns and the awareness, then it's a good thing. And so when we try and answer this question, my answer is almost like actually home security is not the problem here. Raising awareness in general about what connected devices and Mm. storing information digitally can get out to, you have to be able to make an informed decision. And that really only comes with awareness. And if I'm honest, I think about all the technology in my home, I'm not sure what it's up to how secure it is, you know, everything from the network to local devices, stuff that Ewan was talking about, and certainly my own patterns of behavior. And I I like to think I know about this stuff, I'm unaware. And so that's actually the conversation that probably people need to think about and, and have. And home security is just one element in a much wider story. I really wanted today to be around trying to give people some actionable advice, you know, at the end of it. And I think we've explored the problem But actually, I think it's really hard to give actionable advice because it's such an ill-defined area. And also, anything we say now could well be out of date by the time this episode is published because these services are changing so frequently. Mm. So, I mean, I'd be interested to get you guys' take as we wrap up. But I think for me, reflecting on what we've said, I will be very cautious about anything that's continuously streaming data out of my house, like you said, Ewan. So Mm. cameras audio streaming, and those sorts of things. And that's because that's when it goes wrong. I leak data in an uncontrolled way. You can see into my house, you can see me, you can hear me, and things like that. And that would be a concern. Mm. I don't like marketing being marketed to, being spied on, and those sorts of things. But those kind of is my echo listening to me and giving me adverts on the the basis of things I've said in my kitchen? Mm. I think I'm content that I can satisfy myself not at the moment. I mean, the answer is always, yes, they are advertising to you, but it's far easier to get that data from other sources by using sort of other methods. And in terms of other smart home devices, so I was thinking as well, I mean, I've put um, Home Assistant in my home. People will have echo routines. People will Mm. have home kit routines and things as well. For now, most of my stuff is convenience and I will trade a reasonable amount of convenience for, I don't care if you can see my lights are on. I don't care if you can turn my lights on and off because actually the benefit to you is pretty slim. (laughs) But for me, for example, I think the step too far would be smart locks. Things where they fail Mm. that go bad. You know, if you turn my lights off, you irritate me and I take them off the internet and you've annoyed me for 15 minutes. Or if you set off my robot vacuum cleaner, you've annoyed me for 10 minutes and I stop it. But if you open the doors to my house, or if you Mm. stream the video from a camera inside my house or the camera on my Echo, or if you record my business phone calls, or if you try and take pictures of me when I'm getting changed in the morning and then try and embarrass me, perhaps, or things like that, those are the places where I feel vulnerable. And sort of having an idea of the risks that bother me it means that I can try and mitigate those risks. I think what's unhelpful is like a zero tolerance, that if you consider like risk as something that you must totally eliminate, I will not have these devices in mm. my house because they could go bang. You know, I will not have a Samsung device in my house because one once caught on fire with a dodgy battery. Well, I think you have to sort of consider, well, what am I going to trade off? What's the utility there? And the final one I was thinking was, I read a report this week that said Vizio TVs, and I don't know who makes those. 
I don't know what brand that is mm. in the UK. It's a US kind of relatively budget TV brand. Makes more money from selling viewing data collected from their smart TVs because their smart TVs monitor what people watch, including cable channels, than they do from selling hardware. <laughs> and I had quite a bad allergic <laughs> reaction to that where I thought, well, you know, that's disaster, that's disgusting. And it is bad and I don't like it, but it wouldn't stop me from buying a cheap television and leaving it unplugged from the internet or just accepting that what programs I viewed would be known by somebody else. Yes, but does it know you? Does it know you? Does it matter? Well, no, it doesn't know, it doesn't know Ben Smith. Potentially, yes, if you have to log in and make an account. Or oh, okay, fair point. Yeah, doing okay, some identifying point, yes. stuff. It can, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Connect an email address. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. But crucially, you know, the way that I avoid the don't like it but would tolerate it piece will be sort of on the blind brand trust piece. And I was very curious, Ewan, to hear you talk about trusting Google mm. because, to my mind, they are a firm that has repeatedly broken that trust. I mean, maybe you are more forgiving. Am I a bit more open to that? I, 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 you know, when you say they've annoyed me by you know, yeah. discontinuing services. Okay, so let's try and do one piece of advice then to answer this question. Okay. So, Rafe, I'm going to ask you to go first. People listening to this, thinking about getting cool smart home stuff, one factor they should consider around security. Personal comfort. What's your level? So think about the things that you care about rather than just being scared of all the risks. Exactly. Cool. You and McLeod? I think be aware of what's being done, what the devices and services are doing. I think your, your point on Visio is really well made. Just be aware. Do a little bit of investigation, please. Okay. So again, put words in your mouth. If you want to be concerned about your privacy, you are not going to do it by taking advice from us. You've actually got to do your own research and understand I think because everyone has a slightly different approach. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think I agree with, with both of you. But I also think I would say bear in mind that things change. And that the devices that you brought mm. into your house yesterday may change their characteristics and that, sadly, one part of the price that you pay is being aware of what the manufacturers are doing with those devices. And again, if I was a US-based Amazon customer, I wouldn't object to sidewalk, but I would just be reading up about it just so yeah. I could understand yes. what yes. it was and make an informed view because the world has changed. And like I say, maybe on the occasions that it's possible to through feedback forms or, or choosing manufacturers who consult more, emphasizing my preference for companies that do good communication and do good explanations. Because mm. again, I, you know, I realize I'm the Apple fanboy here, but I think when Apple's got a complicated subject, they either do really well at taking the complexity away or they do a really good job of explaining things. And yeah. I think it's an overlooked part of their strengths because actually having people understand what your products do and why it matters is equally as good. Okay, cool. Well, that was, uh, well, I say it was interesting. I suppose that's for the listeners to judge. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> I just had a quick thought. Rafe Blanford, I've been racking my brains. You were talking about room detection. I had an interesting conversation with a friend of the show, Dan Lane, recently, who's also a home assistant aficionado. He's automated a lot of his home, and he was telling me about Room Assistant, which is a Bluetooth low-energy beacon that you put into your home, which gives you presence detection in individual rooms based on Bluetooth connections. And you put these little beacons in each of the rooms and your watch or your phone or whatever with a Bluetooth radio in it connects to those devices or is seen by those devices. And it's a way of having, you know, the automations in your house follow you around so you're not pressing buttons and things or relying on motion detectors, which mm. are very interesting. Um, I'm going to try some out at some point and we'll come back to that issue. But it clearly sort of very, very localised presence detection is a very interesting area, but yet also very privacy sensitive. 
I like the idea of Room Assistant because it's local inside my house and owned by me, which is great. Uh, let's just return to our shopping forays then. So Rafe Blanford yes, is indeed. the proud owner of four bags, is it? Three? No, three bags of shopping there. What do we learn today? Ben wins. <laughs> ben wins, absolutely. So you can order these services from outside of your home. They all seem mm-hmm. to have fairly easy ordering mechanisms. You can send to other people. That's quite, that was quite effective. Yeah. That's quite a useful tool to be able to send to other people. And yes. pretty much everything arriving in 30 minutes or 40 minutes. Yeah. That's pretty impressive just from a logistical and real-time point of view. Pricing's pretty keen. You know, it's mm. um, not the cheapest, but the prices were more than acceptable and delivery charges were. Makes me wonder who's paying for all of this, though, because mm. I do worry slightly that these services don't have the scale that mm. a corner shop or a, a Tesco Express or a, a small kind of um, metro supermarket would do. So, you know, are we, are we living off free VC dollars at the moment? Probably, I presume. But I well, suspect 2 so, yeah. for my delivery. You know, I think I like it when people do charge properly. You know, I think that's, that's important. Yeah. Well, and I had like um, privileged guilt. So I added a four pound tip to my order to make myself feel better about things. But I think all of this, as with all the other on-demand services, does raise concerns around the gig economy and how that gets improved over time. But all in all, very efficient, slightly embarrassing having two delivery people arrive at the same time and say hello to each did other they see on the stores. Yes, really, they did. The guy said, yeah, I've just been uh, let in by the other guy. <laughs> there we go. Just to recap, we ordered this evening just around half past seven-ish, about 20 past seven time we placed our orders. My order was through Zap, which is TriZap, which is an iOS and Android-based app that arrived in 16 minutes against a suggested time of 20 minutes for to a, a central london e1 location you and you was wheezy mm-hmm. uh, and that was 23 minutes so that was seven minutes later and then rafe you used gorilla was it gorilla right. or gorillas 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 weird name <laughs> and they arrived two minutes later so all three deliveries in 25 minutes or less which was much, much better than Get Here last week. Although I suppose maybe we should have tried Get Here well, it's on a quieter Tuesday them, evening. I mean, that's a fair point, but all of them, they didn't have the issue that Get Here did. Yeah. So either Get Here is very busy, for example, right? Because they did deliver in, what, 12 minutes or something once the guy became available. I wonder, Rafe, gorillas they're very heavy on their marketing about 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Is that very smart? to say 10 minutes, because what they're doing is anchoring 10 minutes in your mind as a, as a user. Now, it wasn't 10 minutes here, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, that speaks to the marketing. What's interesting for me about this, I've, and I've tried out Prime and had stuff delivered that way, but the idea of getting groceries in half an hour, that really is quite interesting because you can do that if you've got other things going on. That could be work, friends over, where you don't mm. want to pop out most of the time i schedule it around like oh i'll do it at some point so the allure of on demand anytime you like it's the same thing as with delivery like sometimes you just can't be bothered and it's like it's a bad thing to go for but it is quite attractive i tell you what i would have killed for when i lived in an apartment like yours rafe is not groceries delivered in 10 or 15 minutes i want my stuff delivered in 10 or 15 minutes I want to take all the rubbish that I've got in the loft, all the rubbish I've got in the cupboard, all the stuff. I don't know if you, when we lived in an apartment block, we had a small storage container that we rented in a nearby building to put all the, you know, the 
bikes and the stuff that you would store away that's, that was too big to fit there. Oh, that's interesting. And I want to be able to go onto my app and say, bring me my box of computer cables. I need a HDMI cable. Ooh. Or bring me my box of books. I want to get my old books out. Bring me my bike. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good. And to go and put all my stuff into a, like a, a, well, in the UK, the brand is Big Yellow Storage, but one of those storage places and have them bring me the things I own. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. That's your VC pitch. That's what I would most value. So there you go. There's a free business idea. I'm in for 20% if anyone's uh, investing. Okay, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. I think we're going to need to send Rafe a wheelbarrow of chocolate every week for the rest of the season to see if there's a consistent delivery target here. Yes. I don't think so. Make sure he's okay. There's only one way to find out. I'm coming to your house, Rafe, to eat all this stuff now. Now we're allowed to mix indoors. So thank you very much to everyone for listening. If you've got questions you'd like us to follow up on one question three answer please write to us 361podcast.com you can find an email form or at 361podcast on twitter similarly if you've had any experiences of these very rapid grocery delivery services interested to hear the good and the bad i suspect as the services launch the experience will be very variable certainly that's been our experience but uh, keen to hear are you using them regularly and those sorts of things how do they compare to Mm. perhaps more traditional retailers who are offering similar services so let's know how you're getting on with those and as ever your comments and questions thank you very much 361podcast.com and at 361podcast thanks to everyone who supports the cost of production on the show if you want to help mm. us 361podcast.com slash support where you can donate from one dollar per episode and we're very grateful to everybody who helps out indeed there you go i think that's all the mandatory notices read out We'll be back in a fortnight's time with a normal, regular, topic-y-based episode. Rafe Blanford, Jim McLeod, thank you very much for your time. Lots of love. Thank you and goodbye. Good night and bye-bye. Did you know there are no camels in the pictures in the toilets at Rick's Cafe in Casablanca? Uh, Go on. That's hump-free bog art. Uh, very good. <laughs> there we go. Thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> Shall we start now? <laughs> yeah. I got slagged for not having any yeah. jokes last week. But um, Julie Andrews yeah. isn't endorsing Rimmel Vibrant Shades lipstick anymore because she says it breaks too easily and it makes her breath smell. It's a super colour, fragile lipstick gives me halitosis. Uh, <laughs> very well delivered, Ben. Very well delivered. I'm, look, I'm working with the material I've got here, okay? Mm-hmm. And that is crappy WhatsApp messages, to be clear. Got to make your own fun here. Story information digitally can get out to so people can make an informed decision. And I have to admit, I'm not sure I can do that with a technology that's sitting in my home where that's an insecure network, cameras. Yeah. Coming back again. They found you, Rafe. They found you. It's the chocolate place. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, at the 361 Multimedia Suite, located 30 feet beneath the Blanford Estate. Come on, Mark. Very more positive. Come on, more energy. It can't be like the last one. It can't be three questions, one answer over and over again. It won't be. It won't be, in fact. In fact, let's be positive about this. What would you and say? Perception is important. 
need to press that play button and then I can recognize the value. That's what I'm going to anchor myself to. And this show, it's going to be perfect. I'm hardly going to edit a thing. Let's be positive. Come on. In fact, I don't need any booze. Sparkling water. I think someone left some around here somewhere. Ah, there we go. I don't normally drink the sparkling stuff. I can't stand it. But let's give it a go. It seems to work for you. And let's go for this. Right. Positive thoughts. Press play. Come on, come on, it's one question, three answers. I'll change it. I was hoping to slip that in and to have you say it. Ah, uh, see, I, yeah, you got Okay, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's not fair to Mark, because Mark had to correct Rafe's one. Every single one, Rafe. I think he sent it to you, didn't he? Every single one, you said yeah. three questions, one answer. <laughs> Did he actually edit it? Yep, switched the numbers around in the edit. Oh, my God, that is cool. That is cool. I, you know, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it at all. That's good editing. It's really interesting that having made so much of a and that none of us picked up on that. <laughs> I just assume if you say it, it's right, Rafe. Exactly. That's the deal. Well, thank you, Ben. Okay. Shall we take a zero take at it? Yeah. Bracing myself for zero takes. Absolutely. Yeah. Zero takes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Just witness the magic. <laughs> that's right. Stand by. Hello and welcome to 361, a podcast about mobile tech and the world around it. My name is Ewan McLeod. I'm Rafe Blanford. And I'm Ben Smith. This is Season 15, Episode 5, and this week we're doing one question, three answers, asking how we choose smart home technology from a security and a privacy perspective. Come on! <laughs> More energy, I think. <laughs> Woo! 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 Could we do another zero take? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Go on. I'm happy to, happy to oblige. Ready? Quick recovery. Indeed. Hello and welcome to 361, a podcast about mobile tech and the world around it. My name is Ewan McLeod. I'm Rafe Blanford. And I'm Ben Smith. This is Season 15, Episode 5, and this week we're doing a one question, three answers. This doesn't... We should change that. You put uh in there. It's not... Oh, yeah. We're doing one question, three answers. This is Season 15, Episode 5, and this week we're doing one question, three answers, asking how we choose mobile and smart home technology from a security and a privacy perspective. Um, oh, go on. One more zero take, a, a straight run through, oh, okay. and Mark will just have a zero edits, beautiful version. Yeah, you can just you can just make it amazing. Yeah, because there's enough other things for him to cry about. <laughs> Sandy, are you shouting over paper bags for twenty minutes? Yeah. <sighs> it's season twenty. Where this sparkling water's going down the drain. Oh, right. Whew. Let's press play again. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to 361, a podcast about mobile tech and the world around it. My name is Ewan McLeod. I'm Rafe Blanford. And I'm Ben Smith. This is Season 15, Episode 5, and this week we're doing a one-question, three-answer session asking how we choose mobile and smart home technology from a security and privacy perspective. I didn't like that. It doesn't work with it doing one question, three answers. But it's because you keep putting uh. If you say we're doing one question, three answers. I just don't, I don't think it. Just read the script, McLeod. If you read it as written. <laughs> it's the tools are wrong. Uh, Mark, so of the three zero takes that we've got this evening, probably the second one, please, I prefer. <laughs> yeah, or just hack it around if you can be bothered, Mark. Can we, where does Mark live? Uh, Northamptonshire. Right, now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, please don't give you an ideas. I've got a little idea. So what's that near, though? 
Northampton. Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool, Manchester, Newcastle, Sheffield, Nottingham, Brent Cross. Are you really asking me where Northampton is? Yeah. Are we going to say Marks and Chocolate? Is that where you're saying? Yeah. Well, that's what I was trying to do that. I was trying okay, to do well, that. But... Mark, if we are threatening to send you some chocolate, I will make sure that you're home when we're recording. <laughs> Why is he not home? He might be out. Oh, fine. Fair enough. Mark, sorry. Thank you. We continue to apologise that this has descended into a shambles. We'll be better next time. Love you. Well, two of us can make plans. Multimedia suite and no internet connection. Unbelievable. Right, where's those yellow pages? Right, that'll do. First one. Jackson, Jackson, Smythe, Frobisher and Fishers. Real estate. Ms. Abbott speaking. Sorry, I thought you were solicitors. Yes, we are, madam. Madam? Due to the uh, challenging times of the pandemic, we've had to diversify. How may I help, madam? I need to sell my house. Immediately. (laughs) Thank you.